Well, hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Hallway Discussions. Here we are. Here we are. But we're missing another member. Missing Toby too. Toby has ditched us for his project. And it's not the first time another member has done this to us. At least this one's a smart reason. Yes, this is actually a genuine reason. But we have we have a, a repla- better replacement for Toby. Much better replacement. Our flatmate, Matt, welcome. Hello, hello. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm glad to be here. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, you've been listening to the podcast, I hope. I have been listening to the podcast. I'm a couple episodes behind. But I know, I know. <laughs> I see you guys have talked a lot about America recently. That's yes. <laughs> that yeah. was the latest episode, American Craziness. Check it out. Yeah, now we can get a point of view from an actual American. Exactly. That is what that's what we're here for. So we're going to this will be our first ever proper interview on the on the podcast. We're we're a bit rusty slash new at everything about this, but yep. we hope it's it's going to be good. We ready to go? I'm ready. Ready, Matt? I'm ready when you are. All right. Um, we want. I want to start with a question. Getting to know you and your and your background when you grew up in America. What was it like? What was your childhood like, living in America? What was the main thing that you can rem- you can remember from it? Yeah. So I was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, um, and I lived there until I was like. Oh, three and a half or so. Um, and then I moved to Rocky Mount, North Carolina, which it, y- you would not be able to place it without looking at a map. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's probably, it's halfway between Raleigh-Durham um, and the Outer Banks. Okay. So it's in eastern North Carolina. Um, and I would live there for six and a half years, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. almost seven years. Um, so my, like, childhood, like, from what I remember, is, like, (laughs) has been characterized a lot by that. Um, I lived in a really small, well, I mean, it wasn't that small of a city. It was actually, like, it's probably, like, a little under 100,000 people. Okay. Uh, so smaller than Norwich. Um, and I lived in, it, it felt even smaller for me because... I went to Catholic school. My family is very, very Catholic and religious. Did um, you always go to a Catholic school then? Yes. I have never not gone to a Catholic school. My <laughs> Except God. for like briefly going to like a Methodist school for preschool. What's, um, what's, what, is that different in any way? I mean, it's a diff- just a different Christian denomination. Different denomination yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not that different. It's not that different until you get to like, um, you start yeah, it's not that different until you get to like you know like year years. one, year two, like kindergarten, first grade. I stuff. see. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, so I I went to Catholic school. I went I went to a really small Catholic school in Rocky Mountain. It was the only Catholic church in town, hmm. um, and because of that, like it kind of drew all of the Catholics in the area, um, even people who lived like in like rural areas, like outside of the city. Okay, um, so it was like a small close-knit community um Mm -hmm. it also was more traditional in terms of its approach to catholicism like it had latin masses and stuff like which Mm. is very like for even for catholicism in america um that's like a very traditional thing to have okay Um, and yeah so i was in a really 
I was in like a really small community within a decently small city. Um, Did that have any disadvantages? Um, I would say like it actually made it pretty easy to make friends as a kid. Like I had, um, like my like my friends from my friends who also went to my school mm-hmm. were also kind of like this, not like socially isolated as well. But like we were all we kind of like we spent a lot of time at this place together, and bec- and like it was this like. And we got to know the small community. Like, everyone kind of got to know each other pretty well. Okay. Um, and because we weren't spending, like, time in, like, large communal spaces, like, the kids who went to public schools in the same, like, from, like, the same area, um, I don't know. It, it definitely allowed for everyone to, like, at least get to know each other to a certain extent. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do think that, like, it, it was kind of a bubble. Um, like, I definitely, like, even, like... Um, what made you realize that it was a bubble? I didn't realize it at the time. Like, so, like, I would say I, I only started to realize it when I moved back to Indianapolis. So, like, I moved back to Indianapolis um, when I was going into fourth grade. Uh, okay. Which, like, I think I was almost 10. Uh, and, or I, I was nine. I was Maybe I wasn't almost 10, but I think I was nine. Um but yeah, so I moved back to Indianapolis, and I started going to a, another Catholic another Catholic school. Another one. <laughs> um, but this one was in like not inner inner city Indianapolis, but like it was in Indianapolis proper. Okay. Um. So it was a much more diverse area. I there were people coming from like, and that made me realize like that there were actual like differences in like the communities that people came from like when mm-hmm. they came into our school space you know like i think in rocky mount like i didn't really i i knew that there were all these other areas of town that i didn't go to but i didn't interact with anyone from them okay i like lived in my little bubble in my little like um middle like upper middle class middle mm-hmm. middle class like neighborhood on the outskirts of Rocky Mount and yeah. i never interacted with anyone in the city <laughs> um so i think uh even going into like this other Catholic high school that's in a much larger city with people coming from like lots of different types of communities to into that school space uh that kind of made me realize that like there was there were like this the place that I had just come from was a lot smaller than the place that I was um and that made a huge difference and that kind of like made me I gradually like looking back I kind of like began to realize like how much of a bubble it was because I think like also like my parents they would make comments about how, like, everyone was trying to get, like, all of our friends were trying to get out of Rocky Mount. Like, it was kind of a shithole. It was actually in the top <laughs> 15. It was in the top 15 worst places to live in the country list. Top uh, 15? Yeah, like, multiple years running because the crime rate was so high and the city, like, economically never recovered from, like, a hurricane that hit in, like, 2001. God damn. Like, literally, it was a wasteland. And it was really, there was lots of gangs. And it was kind of dangerous. <laughs> it reminds me of Luton. My God. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty wild, except, like, like even like even like like completely no city nearby no app like like just lots of really really like poor people and I it see. was really it was really it was not a good place like at least I'm, i don't know like i i don't i let's just say i would i was very glad that i moved away from there like i'm very lucky that i moved away from there um was there no aspect that you missed in any way from rocky mountain uh i mean like 
Not really. <laughs> not really. Because <laughs> the thing is, like, as so as I got older, I began to realize that, like, so okay, so like I went to this Catholic, I went to a Catholic middle school or like a Catholic like K through eight school, mm-hmm. um, and then I, I got and then after eighth grade, I went to a uh, Catholic high school. Um, Catholic school yeah, to Catholic, Catholic school. school. Yeah. Catholic school. And I know, yeah. Is, mm. You know, that's just how it was. That's like, I my parents didn't really give... Well, they gave, quote-unquote, gave me other options. They let me think I had a, <laughs> a choice, but they had a place that they really wanted me to go, and they were willing to shell out the money to go to the Catholic private school. Like, oh. um, I guess. So I... Whatever. It is what it is. It is what um, it is. But yeah, so I, um, I then went to a Catholic high school, mm-hmm. and... Um, I, yeah, I don't know. It was, I don't like my high school that much. Like I, I talk a lot of shit about it, um, (laughs) to my, to, uh, to everyone who wants to hear, uh, my opinions on it. Um, Why was it, why did you not, why did you dislike it then? (sighs) So yeah, just, (laughs) I'll keep it brief, but like it's, so like I, I didn't want to go to my high school. I wanted to go to a different high school that was run by the Jesuits. It was still, still a Catholic high school, but, like, mm-hmm. the Jesuits are, like, um, just, like, a different, like, order of Catholics, basically. Okay. They have a much more, like, left-leaning, liberal interpretation mm-hmm. of, like, social justice and Catholicism and all these different things. Um, and Buff was just, like, uh, that's, the, that's the school that I wanted to go to. Like, it's a much more diverse place. Um and most of my friends from middle school were going, or most of my friends from my middle school were going there. Um, they were either going there or they were going to the public school in the district south of me, which was not, so it wasn't an option for me. Um, and I, and I, I did end up choosing, it's really, I did end up choosing, I did <laughs> end up choosing uh, to go to my high school that I ended up going to. Okay. Um, but I didn't realize at the time that my parents were also, like, kind of pressuring, pushing me towards going there. And mm-hmm. then they told me, like, in retrospect that they wouldn't have let me go to the other place anyways. Okay. Because um, they hate the Jesuits because they're, like, liberal Catholics. And my parents mm-hmm. are, like, super conservative. So you've only ever really experienced the traditional kind of conservative kind of Catholic school, right? Yes, yes. Uh, well, I mean, I'd say, like, the middle school that I went to was pretty, like, liberal i mean it was it wasn't very conservative overall um is this from the like from a student's perspective or from a student's perspective like i'd say like it wasn't like well i mean it still wasn't like like very very liberal yeah um but it was definitely like not as traditional and conservative as my like previous school had been and as my high school was okay so the thing about my high school is that like it's also in a really it's in an area of town where it kind of caters. It's in the suburbs, basically, which okay. my other school was not in the suburbs. The other schools that I didn't want to go to were not in this. The, the other schools that I wanted to go to were not in the suburbs. Okay. And because of that, like the north side suburbs of Indianapolis are very white. They're very affluent. They're very conservative. Mm-hmm. They're very religious. Okay. So like basically, it's like a like a perfect storm of like. <laughs> certain types of people that okay. like are in that area looking to go to a Catholic high school. So my high school is like very white. I think it's where like, n- like 98% white or something like, and like, um, it was very conservative, very Catholic. Like Mike Pence's nephews went to my high school. Mike Pence. Yeah. He lives <laughs> five minutes from me. Um, <laughs> 
former Vice President Pence. Yeah, he's the worst. He, he is the worst. The worst. Um, Arguably worse than Trump. Yeah, literally. No, literally. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I like know his family. <laughs> I've met some of them. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I had. I was actually like, there's one who was in my year who actually also went on to Notre Dame with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was great. I love him. Will, if you ever hear this, mm-hmm. I love you. <laughs> I love you, man. Like, but I hate your, I, no offense, but like, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the rest of your extended family. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, like, if that's representative of like, the type of people that went to my high school, like, that's kind of like how it was. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're like, going back to just like the original question about like my childhood, like my childhood has been very shaped by like, the different types of Catholic high schools that I went to. Um, mm-hmm. And then like, just being like raised in like a traditional Catholic environment, like I kind of um, it sheltered me from a lot of things because I I don't know I also didn't like you know like my family we're not like rich but like you know like we also like were like affluent enough that like I like I, that I was privileged enough to not have to deal with a lot of things that maybe like like people like lower uh, lower income families and kids had to deal with in the areas that I lived in. Okay. Um, so I, I've been pretty privileged in that regard. Um, but yeah, like I went to high school and I, going back to the secondary question about like what I didn't like about it, basically like I didn't, I, I went into high school being like a really conservative Catholic. That is very hard to believe. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, but I, so I, my freshman year, I got bullied for, someone made up a rumor that I was gay, and I hadn't even really thought about sexuality very concretely yet, like, okay. um, and that was, like, like, I was really bad, really bad, it was, like, pretty bad, like, borderline, not, like, physical, <coughs> not, like, like, never, I was never, like, you know, like, beat up for it or anything, but I was, like, catcalled in the hallways, the locker rooms, like, it was a very hard space to be in uh, for a while. Um, and then when I finally moved past that, I I, I gradually, I, at first I kind of like tried to assim- like reassimilate into like the community and I was like, oh yeah, like I'm a straight, I'm a straight Catholic conservative. Like, <laughs> I love Jesus, I love Trump, like <laughs> uh, I'm super pro-life. Like, and then like, but I also was in like a friend group of people um, who, were kind of like the countercultural people. Okay. Uh, a lot of my friends are queer, like or like they like graduated. They were some of them were out at the time. Others like came out later. Uh, we had like a lot of the like liberals, leftists, like in like the in like my school were kind of concentrated within the little community that so I. So there in. was like a sub community within the community in a way. Yeah, I mean, it was most of the kids in the music department and the <laughs> theater department, uh, the fine arts, you know. All the gays, all the leftists, <laughs> all, they all end up in the in the fine arts department. Um, but yeah, so I basically like I had people challenging my ideas, um, and then so I, I initially kind of like I tried to really really fit in by being like a like Trump supporting Catholic conservative, mm-hmm. um, but and like I gradually started to so i was and even during like the 2020 election like i was like a trump supporting conservative um no not 2020 2016 2016 oh, <laughs> i was like that's um, that's just the 20 yeah 2016 um but then like gradually over the next few years like you know like i like i started coming to terms with my sexuality so I, like i came out as how did you come to that if you don't mind me asking um 
It was a gradual process. Yeah. Well, so okay, so kind of like going off of that, like, so okay, so what I think for my my discovery of my own sexuality was really tied up in like this gradual process of like change in a lot of different aspects of my life, like. Um, so like my political cha- shifts from mm-hmm. like uh, uber conservative to leftist was um, it really started to pick up my junior year, so like my third year of high school. Um, Why was that? Is it the aftermath of Trump or? Yeah, yeah, the aftermath of Trump, and then also just like being around like my countercultural friends for long enough that like I started to like think for myself. Okay. A little bit more. Um, I also like I had to take like so like my I had some really good history professors that were like challenging people's ideas. I started working uh, at like a movie theater restaurant place in town, and I like mm-hmm. met a lot of people from like a lot of different walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to realize that I didn't actually believe anything that I uh, w- had like been taught about my religion my whole life. So like I was basically an atheist by the end of my junior year um wow. and i like i just started to think more critically about a lot of things and so like my political shift i also went vegetarian like <laughs> that's <laughs> why i went vegetarian which is my junior year so like i don't know like i i changed my diet i started working i um i started shit changing politically i also kind of like started getting to a point where I, like, I had, I had, like, a girlfriend, like, re- like really, really briefly, like, a quasi-girlfriend almost, <laughs> and that kind of made me, like, I don't know, that kind of made me, I mean, it kind of, it made me realize, you know, I do like girls, but it was, like, kind of made me realize that, like, I was, like, I feel like I'm, like, don't really understand how I feel about all of this. I see. So I started, so then, like, I also, uh, at the same time, like, a bunch of my friends, so the ones who weren't already out, started, like, coming out or, like, expressing their, like, expressing their sexuality, their gender identity more openly within, like, our little community. Yeah. So, like, that also was kind of, like, creating a space where I could think more seriously about some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I definitely... Yeah, like, it all kind of happened at once. And then, like, by the beginning of my senior year, like, I was, like, a different person. Like, or I was, like, rapidly changing into a different person. Um, Did people notice that? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, like, I have teachers that I was close to my sophomore year who mm-hmm. I was basically, like, at odds with by <laughs> by the time I graduated, um, in part because I began to realize that I, like, just, I didn't have a lot of respect for them as people. Um, well, that sounds really bad, but, like, uh, like <laughs> I just, I didn't, I didn't have, like, respect for them as authority figures because I realized gradually that, like, I didn't agree with them on a lot of things that they expected me to take for granted. Um, okay. Because, like, my... The way my high school worked, it kind of, like... I don't know. They would probably be, like, this is me, like, making, like, a, like, observation about how my high school works. Like, okay. But it really, like, the way the culture and the extracurriculars and the academics and all of these things, like, mix together... If you're a decently affluent Catholic conservative, it literally, like, streamlines you into developing that worldview even more. But then if you're at all kind of, like, at odd, if you're not within that, like, mainstream, like, Ideology type thing. Okay. Yeah, like, you get thrown off at some point. And hmm. so it's one of those things where, like, you get to a point where, like, 
you know, like we had like we had to do theology classes, uh, two theology classes every year. I was on mm -hmm. trimesters, so like I'd have two trimesters out of my three trimesters every year, where I would do a theology course. Okay. And I had um, like you know like you get to senior year and they try to teach you Catholic social teaching and vocations and like how you like you know like contraception is wrong, like oh natural family planning is the way to go, like um, same sex marriage is wrong, like. Uh, this is this was actually taught. Yeah, yeah this no, is like this is well. all of the like, Catholic high schools all over America are literally like solely like single handedly responsible for a lot of the more wealthy, well educated conservatives that you see in America. Like it is almost like, wow. entirely these like private Christian Catholic high schools yeah. that like you have you know it's the rich people funneling their kids in. Yeah, and then like if they if like the kids have like if the kids aren't in a space where they like are taught to question their views or are exposed to like diverse perspectives then like these schools basically like like streamline wow. them into like a pipeline that it turns them into the, the uber well-educated catholic conservatives in america today that fascinates me yeah. because I've, I've i always assumed this was stuff of the past no, that no it's all it's like so it's so real they it's do crazy. Thing here. that's why i like my uh High school, secondary school, because it is like Christian Catholic, but it's not as like because it's um, it's not private, and the teachers allow you to like learn them type of stuff. So we do do like guaranteed we call it religious education, but we do guarantee religious education, but they don't force you to like do that to where you go into the pipeline. Yeah, I see. Also, it's not um all Catholic high schools, so it's like it's these traditional, like. Mo conservative, predominantly white, affluent Catholic high schools that are where Mike Pence goes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, so it's like the thing is like going back to that other high school that I originally wanted to go to, to go to. You know, like it was still honestly like a pretty like a mostly white, pretty affluent community. Mm -hmm. But like because it was like even just having the Jesuits lead it, as opposed to it being like directly led by the Archdiocese of like. Uh, Lafayette or Indianapolis, like okay. Archdiocese mm -hmm. is like the, they're like the regional leadership of the. Catholic I Church, see. Basically. Okay. Um, but yeah, like e like even like having like that difference in leadership, like and like the philosophy, the philosophy that they approach education and like holistic like teenage development is so different. <laughs> like, wow. and also like I had like at those high schools you have like a much larger population of, like, racial and ethnic minorities. You have re actual religious minorities. Like, mm -hmm. I have multiple friends that were Muslim that went to this, like, Catholic Jesuit high school. Wow. Because, I mean, it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, like they could, they had theology requirements, but they didn't have to take them as, like, Catholic classes. They could learn about world religions. I you see. You know, like, they weren't trying to, like, convert everyone to Catholicism. They weren't trying to, like, create this, like, um single pipeline that everyone was forced to conform to um yeah. and like so and like i mean actually rebuff was in a big incident and feel free to cut me off if you have like other questions too. Yeah, like, no, no, i'll sorry. wrap this one up but then like okay yeah so like rebuff was in this big incident this big controversy with the archdiocese of indianapolis the like right as i graduated high school um the summer before i went to uni mm -hmm. um so this is uh summer of 2019 um and basically what happened is, like, uh, Burbuff had a openly gay math teacher. Um, and they basically, like, the Archdiocese... So, like, Burbuff, even though it was led by the Jesuits, it was still affiliated with the Archdiocese of Minneapolis. Like, okay. as all the Catholic high schools in the area, like, are affiliated with them. Some of them are more directly led by them. Okay. Um, but then, like, 
it's so it's it's all it's a little weird. There's a lot mm. of a lot of hierarchy, a lot of bureaucracy. But um, they basically like was told by the Archdiocese of Indianapolis that they had to fire this teacher because he was openly gay, and they said no. And it was like this is a really conservative yeah. community of Catholics yeah. in like the Indianapolis area overall. I can imagine. So how literally, react. like you had it like created this like massive schism in the community where everybody like everybody at Rebuff was almost unanimous and unanimously like. Yeah, like, he's a great teacher, like, rah, 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 gay rights, like, and mm-hmm. then, like, so they, literally, the archdiocese, like, cut them off, like, they're not affiliated with them anymore because wow. of this whole incident that happened, and literally, it affected, like, like the way that, like, this, like, they interact within, like, because we all, we play each other in sports, like, we're in the Circle City Conference together, yeah. but, like, literally, like, they, we had, like, multiple sports that, like, were fractured after that, like, like, multiple, like, the conference, like, got all, like, had all this like bureau- like new bureaucracy that like that got put into place because of this like so, incident. So they stopped you kind of playing each other in terms of others. Uh, like they did it competing. They didn't, they didn't do it fully within the sports, but they like thought about it and they did do it within like some of the like you know like mock trial or like uh, like comedy sport like like improv okay. improv oh. sports competitions like some of these like secondary things that are also kind of like. Um, they are linked to sport, uh, yeah. like linked to the school, and then like yeah, competing yeah, yeah. against other schools. Okay. Yeah, so like comedy, I had friends that were on like the improv sports competition, and like you know, there's teams at all the high schools in the area, and they all compete against each other. Yeah, and like um, the and it was kind of like run in affiliation with like the like comedy sport, like the improv professional, like the professional improv like division league down in downtown Indianapolis. Yeah, and they were, I think. I think this is what happened. They were in support of, they like released a statement like supporting Brebuff and like, you know, like in like supporting and like and not firing their gay teacher because the Catholic Church told them to. Yeah. And so all of these Catholic high schools that were directly affiliated with the Archdiocese were like, we're going to form our own comedy sports league that's not affiliated with you because you're supporting the gay people. (laughs) And literally, like, this place is so toxic. Like, but this is the type of shit that happens in cities all over America. Like, it's Jeez. absolutely bonkers. And, like, yeah, so basically, like, I don't know. By the time, like, my childhood has been very, like, I've gone through a lot of change. Mm-hmm. It's been very mm-hmm. shaped by how my, wherever I was with, like, my own personal development kind of, like, either easily conformed to the Catholic environments I was in or was, like, radically different than them. I see. Um, what do you think was the most challenging thing for you? During your childhood, as you explained through, you, you changed a lot as your personality as well, your political views. What do you think, if there's one main, what was the thing that challenged you the most? Like your biggest change? Um, I would say, like, like again, like, like I said, I'm, like, I'm very lucky that I have not had to deal with some of the realities of being, like, lower income in America. Okay. Um, also, like, I'm, I'm, like, a white cis man. So, like, you know, like... I do have, I have a lot of, like, privilege, so, like, I don't face some of the same challenges that other people uh, in America face. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, like, the biggest challenge definitely was kind of, like, dealing, like, like definitely, like, de- like, dealing with my sexuality, but also kind of, like, being different, even, like, slightly different within this, like, super homogenous community and actually questioning it. Like, and, like, going the full, like, like deciding that I was actually going to, like, be vocal about, like, how I was questioning things instead of just kind of, like, conforming 
I see. I think, like, when I committed myself to doing that, like, it fractured a lot of relationships that I had, like, worked like work to build, like, throughout, like, the first, even through the first half of, like, high school for me. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like I said, like, I had teachers I was really close to my freshman and sophomore year who taught me then. And by senior year, like, I was, like, like they, we didn't like each other. Like, we actually hated each other. Like, I wow. had, like, like, we had this very, like, it, it was kind of, like, I lost, I, I made new connections, but, like, I lost connections there. Um, In re- as a response to you kind of identifying and acknowledging your true self in a yeah, way? Yeah, I mean, not even just with, like, the sexuality thing, but just, like, being vocal about, like, hey, like, I think that our community is flawed. I or like I feel like restricted by how you're interpreting mm. Catholicism. Like mm. I disagree with you. Like you know, like I like all, yada yada yada. Like you know, just being vocal about some of those things. Like mm-hmm. and then kind of being like, then just like kind of like like actually be actually challenging some of the institution. Just like these like structural things. Yeah, like, it was like even within this like. Um, this small setting uh, was a ch- was was challenging because like I felt very out of place, and I think like even then like I kind of like I have some residual like tra- like trauma from a lot of it. Uh, like I think that like uh, I have a lot of like religious trauma from kind of like internalizing some of the more repressive social views of the conservative Catholic Church in America. Um, Just the way I was brought up, like, not, like, saying my parents did anything wrong, but, like, the way that they brought me up was very different than, like, the way I've ended up. And, Hmm. like, that divide, like, at the time, honestly, like, it's one of those things where, like, I literally had to, I unpacked a lot of it in retrospect, which was almost, like, harder than, like, what I actually faced, like, during that time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just, like, kind of that division. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of people in America, like, in these, who come from these, like, conservative communities, like, in, like, rural America and even in within, like, affluent suburbs of um, big cities, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people, like, feel, like, go through this a similar thing. The um, feeling of being entrapped, in a way, by the community they're living in. Yeah, exactly. Which, like, I'm not, that totally happens. I'm sure that happens yeah. here, too. It's just, like, one of those things where, like, yeah. I think the, the types of, I don't know, it's, like, they're, like, the, the way, like, it happens, it happens here, too, obviously. It's just, like, the, like, when you start to unpack it, yeah, the thing, the actual things that people are experiencing in their day to day experience of these like hardships is very different. I see. Um, just okay. because of like a lot of larger societal differences, like and like cultural differences and stuff. Like, um, you know, like I'd say, like there are some things that like even the Tories like don't necessarily. Uh, like, uh, you know, I think a lot of, I don't know. So this is kind of like, this is just my observation about being here. Go like, for it. I have, I have yet to meet a, like, a, like, actual Tory. Like, at UEA, I mean, it's, it's yeah. kind of rare. Yeah. It's a pretty liberal slash left-leaning university. Yeah. But yeah, the thing is, true. like, I would imagine, like, the thing is, like, I think that being a Tory... In, especially within the modern political setting in the UK, and again, this is just my observation. Yeah. Like, seems like 
you can't really go, especially with an age group, like you can't really go around being a Tory without having someone being like, you're stupid, you're crazy. Yes. Like, you can't actually, Very true. you can't, you, you don't have people who are Tories not having their worldviews challenged at like uni. Because, oh, it's hundred percent. Because literally, like, even at the cons- even at like you know, like some of these more conservative unis, like, you're still gonna have like you're not gonna be able to just like live in your bubble. There's no way. And yeah. the thing is, like, in the states, it's so it's super easy to do that. Like, you can literally, like, stay in your like little community, your area, like your city, your state for your entire life. Yeah. Life, and if you live in one of these homogenous communities, like I come from, like. I would never interact with, like, the really diverse populations down within inner city Indianapolis unless I actually, like, like, unless I actually was intentional in, like, going and, like, like, volunteering down there, working down there, like, actually going out at night down there. Like, I had to be, I would have to be really intentional to, like, actually, like, interact with people who are not, like, really affluent and probably white (laughs) and, like, conservative as well. Is that what, is that one of your... Was that one of your main motivations to go and study a semester abroad then? Um, to try and like experience a very different, very diverse uh, setting, even because you lived in a very, very conservative, very, very homogenous community? Area. Yeah, I would say so. I think also like, I, I love my uni. I love Notre Dame. But it's a very flawed place as well. It's also got like a lot. It's also a pretty traditional, like there's a lot mm-hmm. of, well, okay, so Notre Dame is, like, it's interesting. Kind of going off what I was saying about people not having their worldviews challenged, like, y- at university level in the states, like, you can go to these, even in, like, you know, really conservative states, like, um, you can go to these, like, massive public institutions, and, mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's people around you who are, like, all di- all different walks of life, but you can, f- like, pretty quickly, like, assimilate into certain communities where they dominate your social life and then they don't challenge your worldview at all. Yeah. So like, and like, in what that, way then? Well, just being like, so if you're like a conservative, if you're like a rich conservative white person in America, okay, you go into, and you want to like, you know, like go into, you don't want to like engage politically with people who are different than you. Mm-hmm. You can do that <laughs> at a lot of places. You're not, and like, you can be like, you can be like, oh, I'm a conservative, and no one's gonna like. And mo- a lot of people like wouldn't really question. Won't challenge. Yeah, they won't question it. They won't like challenge that. They won't like. They won't engage. Even like engage you critically. You know, like you're not gonna. You don't. You're not gonna be engaged critically in some ways because like it's so much more accepted to be like politically conservative in America. I see. And like, there's almost like a taboo around creating political friction. Like, a Mm. lot of, there's this massive group of, like, apolitical centrists who, like, idealize, they, like, idolize compromise. They idolize bipartisanship. And they, like, basically condemn, like, people on, like, the far right, well, what they call, like, even people who are outside of the centrist box, like, basically. So if you're, like, remotely right-leaning or left-leaning... You're going to get attacked. You're going to get, like, these centrists yeah. are basically going to be like, you're not compromising. Like, you're the problem. This is why our democracy <laughs> is failing. Like, and, like, so, I mean, like, as someone who, like, has been, like, on both sides outside of that centrist box, like, mm-hmm. it's really, they you they weaponize it against the left a lot more than they do on the right, to be honest. Like, especially at the university level, like, at Notre Do they Dame, challenge the left-leaning people more, or? Well, they basically tell them, like, a lot of like the so I know a lot of like another name like I I really I don't know there's I, 
the people, if you're listening, to, if you ever listen to this, and <laughs> you, I've had these conversations with you, you people who I actually, whose opinions I care about, we've had these conversations, you know how I feel about it, whatever. I, there's <laughs> groups at Notre Dame that, like, these, that, like, draw these, like, centrist, slightly left-leaning, like, socially left-leaning, generally, people okay. to these spaces who, and, like, these are people who generally, like, kind of, like, really put the American system on a pedestal, and, like, they kind Shouldn't. of... Shouldn't. Literally. <laughs> but, like, the thing is, Terrible. like, there are these <laughs> people who, like, basically, like, people, like, I don't know, like, I have people even in my, like, close circle who kind of, like... <sighs> they understand why I believe what I believe and, like, why I, I like, am basically, like, like, I'm a leftist. Like, I am, like, fully on the far left, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I, they and they understand, like, why I feel the way I do. Um, okay. But, like, they kind of, like, whenever I get too, like, if I'm, like, I just don't want to be, like, I don't I don't want to be around that person because I know that they're, like, in any college Republicans or, like, or I'll be, like, I don't, like, I can't stand that person. Like, they're just so conservative. Like, yeah. I mean, they will be, like, oh, like, what, like, like, they won't, like, be, like, oh, you're intolerant, but they'll be, like, oh, like, whatever. Like, yeah. It's okay. I'm Do you sorry. acknowledge that that's like maybe wasn't. potentially a flaw f- from you? It, or? No, I think it is. Well, no, like, I, I don't think it's a flaw. It's more just, like, I never will write off someone. Fl- I have a lot of friends that are actually, like, pretty conservative. It's just that, like, there are some things about being conservative that if you don't, like, you know, like, if you're, like, oh, I'm conservative, but, like, I don't acknowledge that, like, there's, you know, like, that, like, these people that I'm voting for are, like, potentially going to overturn like everyone's reproductive rights within the next two years or like like i'm in my i'm using my vote to like directly contribute to the like overturning of like reproductive rights potentially gay marriage like 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 i'm opposed to contraception access like Mm. the thing is like a lot of people in america are like one issue i mean mean, it's like this year too i'm sure but like it's like there's one issue voters and like they just like they have one thing that they care about yeah a lot abortion and like is a big one in america oh it is we mentioned it in the episode i know yeah i I listened to that one that i don't know it's kind of like so would you say it's basically like a certain level of ignorance that they have it's not like I wouldn't say it's ignorance. It's almost like will. Actually, it's almost like willful ignorance. Where like willful. Well, it's mm-hmm. not even ignorance. It's almost just like willful, willful apathy. Where like they like I have friends that I'm like you know like we talk you know like it's not that we don't even like talk about like about political things, but mm-hmm. like I have friends that just like they don't care about gay rights. Like, they, like, because they're these straight, white conservatives. Okay. Do they mention it at all, then? Well, I mean, I mean, if, like, we'll talk about it, they'll, like, they're not going to be, like, oh, I'm, like, anti-gay marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, they're not going to, they're not going to, a lot of them aren't anti-gay marriage. A lot of them are, like, oh, yeah, like, you should, like, individual freedom, freedom, like, I, there are so many people who are, like, freedom, and they don't actually think about, like, what that actually means, what that means, like. Yep, 100%. And then they support politicians that are actively trying to restrict all these freedoms. It's ridiculous. These people, are, but that's the thing is like they're being they're they're hypocrites. But like they like <laughs> if you called them out, they, don't. they would be like you're an intolerant leftist. I and see. Like, but they wouldn't and they wouldn't be aggressive like that. But they would be like kind of passive aggressive. My opinion here, you gotta respect my opinion, and that's the thing. I don't have to respect your opinion if really? you're like trying to like restrict like the civic and mm. human rights of all these different minority marginalized communities. Yeah. You know, mm. like 
anyways, that was kind of, I went to a lot of different places there. That's but, like, fine. I think that, like, yeah, I don't know. Kind of, like, I still kind of struggle a little bit with, like, where should I draw the line with, like, the relationships that I build? I am very, like, I have been all over the political spectrum. I have held multiple religious beliefs. Like, I've been a straight person. I am, you know, like, been, quote, unquote, been a straight person. You know, like, I, I've done everything. Yeah. And a lot of people who, like, don't know me that well, like, don't get, um, don't know that. Like, if you're, a lot of my, clo- a lot of my close friends, like, regardless of, like, their walk of, their walk of life, their political worldview, like, they know that I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Even if I'm, like, crazy, like, like, a pretty radical person, mm-hmm. I know what I'm talking about. I have been in their, pos- I've been in their worldview. Yeah, you're and not I spitting re- bullshit. And I remind them <laughs> of that yeah. sometimes, and they don't even know what to say. I see. So, like, it, it's kind of, like, it's one of those things where, like, I still kind of struggle, like, with, like, how I should let, like, like do I want to, like, do I draw the line with certain people because of, like, their involvement in certain things or, like, their, like, beliefs, like, certain beliefs that I know they hold? And it's kind of like, a, you know, you kind of just have to, I kind of just, like, like it depends on the situation, depends on the person. Um, so it's, you don't, in a way, you don't develop your own, like, set of red lines? Yeah, I mean... If they break one of them... <laughs> Fuck off. Well, yeah, I, I think that's a, I think that's another thing. Like, I it's really hard for me to like cut someone off because of that. Like, if I have like I have like friends within my like group, like even like the group of guys that I hang around it from like who I've lived with for the last two and a half years who are mm-hmm. very conservative. You know, like I th- there's a couple a couple of them that like we've gotten close because we have like like my best friends or their best friends and then like we've become good friends because of that but like we're i maybe would not have ch- it you wouldn't hear this no offense <laughs> i know you feel the same way but like i probably wouldn't have chosen to get close to them um mm. like otherwise yeah mm. and it's one of those things where like for like those guys like i think that me even just having um <coughs> sorry i think even just having me in their lives kind of just being like a voice of these alternative things it's good good for them yeah Yeah. so it's like and i don't know i I hope you're not offended by that if you ever hear this but (laughs) it's it's definitely it's like one of those things where like i think that like because like i would never cut these guys off yeah unless they did something like unless they literally were like hate criming someone or like you know going around saying the n-word or like stuff like that which some of people in that larger friend group have done that (laughs) and i have distanced myself from them Um, god damn like it's one of the like literally oh my gosh literally this one guy in my if you hear this no offense i don't really care um, yeah, but like, I don't care if I yeah, offend you. But he literally <laughs> had a Confederate flag in like up on his wall. Jesus. And the thing like is, like is... everybody's like everybody like at Notre Dame. Like kind of going back to what I was saying about Notre Dame. I love Notre Dame, but like it's also used to be one of those places where like people who are like in these affluent white yeah, Catholic right. conservative communities mm-hmm. could go to Notre Dame and like not have their worldviews challenged. Only really recently, within the past like two decades, has Notre Dame become a place where like. You, you can't really do that as easily anymore. Like, and that's because of two things. I've had this conversation before. I've done a lot of, like, personal analysis of this. Mm-hmm. It's because of two big things. Like, the first thing is, like, like it's a T20 school, so, like, it kind of has to stay competitive with, the like, its peer institutions, the Ivies, Duke, yeah. Northwestern, Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. USC, yeah. Stanford, all these exactly. places. Yeah, yeah. And because, like, it was a really, really, like, white place. They had, like, no diversity compared to some of these other places. 
come like the turn of the century. And the, so they made a really, really intentional effort to diversify. And so now it's like, I think it's like 60, 63% white. So it's still pretty white, mm-hmm. like for an American like T20 institution, but like it's more diverse. They basically brought in all these, they brought in a ton of diverse voices into their community. So now like, God forbid these diverse voices are now being like, actually, mm-hmm. there's all these flaws yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, to this community. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's part of it. And then the other part of it is because, like, you know, culturally in America, like, in our generation, like, some things that Notre Dame still doesn't support um, and that, like, these Catholic conservatives definitely didn't support what don't are just they culturally support? accepted gay mm. marriage. Notre Dame doesn't. Well, I mean, not really. Not, they, they're, yeah, like, they don't openly support that at all. Um, God damn! Well, they're they're, tied, they're basically the Catholic Church doesn't support gay marriage, so it's like that's true. You literally yeah. they're, and they're not they can't do anything that directly challenges the beliefs of the Catholic Church. Otherwise, they're not Catholic. Yeah, yeah. like you can you have people like you can have like it was a whole thing when we got like like individual Chris, voices. There are they are expressing okay yeah. some support, but as an institution yeah. as a whole, they can't express it. Either. No, ex- yeah. well, and like yeah, exactly. And it's like one of those things where like it was a huge thing even in like 2013 when like. The gay, like the LGBT, we had like an LGBTQ association made on campus, like, and even they have to operate within certain constraints. Like, they can't say stuff that, like, as like an like a like a you know like you know like a student group. Yeah, that is like they like wow. It's really they. It's fascinating. It's super weird. Because it's super fucked up. Like with Catholicism, you can like openly be gay. You can out like you can come out as gay, but you can't like. Do any gay acts? Any see, a lot like of that. people like don't say. even believe. Like, see, that's the thing is, like, yeah, a lot of people aren't even like you should what, be gay. Yeah, that's the but that's the weird thing because that's what I I learned that in um in school that that's you cool. can come out that's as gay, you can that. be like um, what's it called um LGBTQ, yeah, but you can't do the acts, you can't get married, yeah. like all that stuff. That's how a lot of a lot of that's kind of becoming like the dominant train of thought yeah. by like people who are very catholic but it's still behind it is still behind it's ridiculous like and then they're still and then they're still so they're gonna say that and then they're still gonna be like let's like restrict gay marriage like but yeah like that's the other thing is like so like within our generation like like the people like the student body now at notre dame like even at notre dame like most people are like pro-gay marriage like most people like are pro like contraceptive use like I know, right? But no, but no, but you literally no. So like, condoms can't be distributed on campus. Like, I think I've talked about this to you guys before, but like, Mm -hmm. I like am involved in like I'm like on the board for like a reproductive like advocacy group, reproductive justice advocacy group. That that like our big thing is we distribute condoms for free on campus behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. We literally have like a condom black market, like a free (laughs) a free condom black market (laughs) where like we go and give condoms out because like like the like. Like normally at a normal in a normal dorm in a normal institution in America, like a normal residence hall, you'd have like the RAs that have like bowls of condoms, yeah, yeah. like literally sitting out in like the main one of the main tables in your section, and you just mm-hmm. grab them when you need them. They're freely available. Whereas at Notre Dame, like they condoms, you can't distribute condoms. They don't like their like university health insurance doesn't like support birth control, like. Like, so, like, literally, they all of these girls have to, like, get, like, their birth control prescriptions from their, like, doctors at home, yeah. and they have to get, like, they have to be, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Notre Dame, like, I can't get birth control here, like, I ha- can I get, like, a four-month, five-month, like, um, just, like, pack of pills. Yeah, ex- okay. And, like, so, like, you know, like, and, like, obviously, like, almost every, like, at, like, 
health insurance accommodates for that, you know, like, yeah. like they can get it and then they, but like, it's one of those things where they can't get it on campus. Like you can at other places. Like how do, st- how do f- the other students react then to the, to this? It's one of those things. A lot of people like it's, it's a big problem. Like almost ev- like not almost everyone, a lot of people think that this is a problem, think that all these things are problems, but they're also like simultaneously, like they, like Notre Dame has like, like there's this like, <laughs> Indo- it's not indoctrination, but like it, there's this cultural, like the tradition. No. There's this cultural valuing of tradition and of community, like the Notre Dame community, that is so so strong that it makes a lot of people hesitate to question the administration, hesitate to question Notre Dame as an institution because they love Notre Dame so much. Even though they're like, oh yeah, I'm pro-gay marriage. Like, I think I think like they should be supporting birth control access. I think we should have condoms, access to condoms on campus. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, another big thing, trans students have to live in their dorm of their assigned sex at birth. Like, so like trans women have to live in men's dorms. Mm. Women, trans women, uh, trans, trans men have to live in women's dorms and trans women have to live in men's dorms. And because Notre Dame like doesn't, believe in trans people like you know like the catholic church doesn't believe in trans people like yeah and it's like it's i know it's ridiculous it's ridiculous so it's like one of these things where you you could feel like you could be opposed to all these things but there's a large portion of people who are like opposed to these things who aren't going to actually do anything about it because they love notre dame so much a lot of them are these like slightly left-leaning apolitical centrists that i was talking about Mm. yeah who like don't actually want to like challenge anything any institutions Mm -hmm. like they don't want to be like because, you know, like, they just, they're privileged enough that these things don't affect them directly. So mm. they kind of can do that without, like, feeling like like they're doing something that's, like, morally wrong. Just close, yeah. low, close the eyes and ignore it. Yeah. Literally. It's so pretty... I'm curious. I mean, you spent your whole time in, in these kind of Catholic settings. What was your expectation of UEA? Did you choose it specifically because of it wasn't anything Catholic affiliated? And it was... It's, it's known as a pretty left-leaning... Or liberal university, so I'm curious. Which, which is hilarious. Like we talk, me, so the other kids from Notre Dame. There's 15 of us who were here this term, mm-hmm. um, and we all we kind of talk about it. Like this is like it's so weird that Notre Dame has a partnership with yeah. with UVA <laughs> of all places. So like, so the main reason I chose UVA is because it's the it's where Notre Dame had a partnership with. Like, okay. Like Notre Dame has like in the UK, there's like a London program that's run by Notre Dame. Like. They literally own like a building. They own like buildings right off of Trafalgar Square and oh, in like in um, oh, so like staying in Notre. Yeah, like there's Island. literally oh, what's it like um on the south sh- like right on the south shore like or, like the bridge across from Trafalgar Square. Oh, yeah. They have like that's where their residence building is. Mm. Um, it's right next to that big movie theater. So it's just not a dram um, in in the UK. Yeah, it's literally pretty much the same culture, yeah, same community, Notre same beliefs. Yeah, like a lot of them, like they come they come to this program, and like they like. You know, like, they'll learn about, like, stuff about, like, the UK. But, like, they're taking classes with a bunch of Notre Dame professors. Um, they, some of them are British, some of them are American. Some, like, you know, like, they're not all British. Yeah. They, you know, they go out, like, to, like, into London and everything. And, like, they, but, like, a lot of them, like, are trying, like, are trying to travel all over Europe. Yeah. 
um, a lot of them, like, they don't actually make any friends with any British people. Like, they literally, mm-hmm. I've talked to multiple people who were in the program, like, uh, like either in the fall or in, the, like, this term. Mm-hmm. And, like, they literally, like, don't have any British friends. They uh, It's yeah. just they hang out with all of the Notre Dame American people. Like, That's wow. Like, no, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's, like, that. But, and, like, Notre Dame kind of, like, puts that program on a pedestal. Like, they want, they, they it's, like, the most competitive study abroad program. And, like, they really, really... They want it to stay competitive, so they don't market the pro. They mo- don't market the program with UEA at all. Actually, it's really interesting. Like, like I think we, of, out of the fifteen of us, I think three people actually applied first originally to this program. Uh, but the rest of us, me included, actually switched into it because our other programs got canceled. I see. Or like we were on wait lists, and you didn't get into like the competitive programs from the wait list. Yeah. Um, hmm. And like everybody is like so glad they're so glad they came here because we've had like <laughs> such a. I feel like. No offense to the London people, if any people, I don't, I doubt they'll ever hear this, but like <laughs> our program was so much better than yours. Like no offense, but like the thing is, like I have like literally half the people I hang out with are British or mm-hmm. are like you know like non-American international students. Hello. I have had like, <laughs> I mean yeah, I've had like really like I've made really close friendships with a bunch of British people. I have had a much more authentic experience of the UK, I think, than, mm-hmm. like, yeah. than, like, they have in their little London bubble. Yeah. Um, and, like, like literally, like, they don't even go out into, like, anywhere outside of, like, Central either. Like, literally, yeah, that's like... the problem. Yeah. They probably haven't been to actual London, like, the areas around London. Yeah, like, I, I, stayed, in, I stayed in Hackney with my friends at an Airbnb over, like, when I was there over <laughs> spring break. And like I mentioned, like these cool places that we went in, like 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 Broadway Market, oh, these places yeah, in Haggerston, yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. they were like, "Where's Haggerston? Like, where's Broadway Market?" Well, yeah, like, and I was like, "Hackney," and they were like, "Where's Hackney?" <laughs> it's not on Oxford <laughs> Street, so I don't know Hackney where it is. is. Literally one train. From it's so Central close. London. It's literally everything like, in London. You can walk there from away. Shoreditch. You could you could literally walk there. They're all very quick. <sighs> Peckham, where I live, is literally what maximum. 40 minutes walk from about London Bridge if you wanted to get there. Wow. All these places are quite close, but because they're in the circle of London, all they know is London, they're not going to leave to go to extra other places. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's so weird. So yeah, yeah so long story short, um, I know we're a little short on time, but like... Mm-hmm. I mean, we're already over on yeah, time, so okay. we can go on for another like 15 minutes. It's, it's okay. okay. Um, but yeah, so like, I actually was supposed to go to Perth Australia. Wow. Originally. Sounds nice. That got cancelled because Australia's COVID waves were like they were dealing with their COVID waves like way after everyone else. Yeah. Um so like they cancelled it. They cancelled both the fall program for last fall and this this terms program Mm -hmm. at every university. They basically the Australian government was like we're not letting in new international students until um fall of 2022 at the the earliest they didn't really even open the borders until march exactly yeah so it's like um so that program got canceled i switched into this one um and i'm you know the rest is history here i have had a great experience um but yeah like we have kind of like laughed about how like notre dame has a program with uea of all places (laughs) like so they have the london program and then they have um a really small program with oxford so, like, I went to Oxford. That's, like, my friend that I went, stayed with yeah. at Oxford is, like, a Notre Dame. She's been there the whole year. Um, so that's, like, a really small, really competitive program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also have a program up, up at St. Andrews. Uh, Fair enough. And I actually, when I was in, the first time I was in Scotland, I was visiting a friend who was in the St. Andrews program. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it's kind of, like, we just laughed that, like, 
you know, UEA of all places mm-hmm. is where they have a partnership because <laughs> it's, like, such a different culture. Like, you know, we, like, walked into, like, the LCR the first time we were here. We were, like, gender-neutral bathrooms, pride, like, you know, like, pride flags. Like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. crazy welcome like, to UEA you know, like, <laughs> not like you know music with swear words like yeah. played at like a university music event. with swear words music with swear words <laughs> you would be surprised like literally I'm surprised like, that name censored up to this. it's just like it's crazy it's oh, like God. it's such a different place like and I yeah. you know like I'm looking forward to going back to Notre Dame overall because I miss my friends, I'm excited for, like, I have found communities and spaces at Notre Dame that, like, I'm really happy in, mm-hmm. and I do, and I'm, like, able to, like, learn a lot from and, like, contribute a lot to, um, but, like, I also, like, I'm, like, ugh, Notre Dame, like, I, I needed, part of the reason I was so excited to come abroad was because I need, I was, I needed to get away from Notre Dame, like, it's, it's just, it's not the best place to be, like, queer at all, mm-hmm. um, and like it's like actively repressive for some people, uh, and like it's just it's a really unique, in like a not that great way, academic space sometimes. Okay. Um, like and like South Bend, where the uni is, is like <laughs> a bit of a shit. I mean, uh, it's part of it's part of it's amazing. Like it's sometimes it's amazing, sometimes it's a shithole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's not, but it's not that great of a place to like be like you know living like the like dawning of your twenties. Like I say, it's I'm ready. To, I will not be staying in South Bend after like after, uni, after yeah. I graduate from undergrad. Um, yeah, okay. But like it's, I it was good to get away. Mm-hmm. I needed to get away. Um, what do you think was your highlight from UEA? Because you're what, you want you're leaving on Friday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday. So yes, yeah. yeah. It's very sad. It is it's sad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think for me, oh gosh, I'd say the highlight of UEA has been, well, and like this, I guess this isn't UEA. This is ca- kind of not UEA specific. It's more just like the British university system. Like okay. mm-hmm. school is structured really, really differently. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot less contact hours here than in the US. Um, a lot more independent learning. So for me, I only had class on Mondays and Tuesdays, whereas I, I would never have that in the U.S. Like I, I've always had, I've had Fridays off for like a couple different semesters, but that's it. Um, and I would have, obviously I'd have like lots of readings, lots of stuff I had to do, but I like, uh, quote unquote, had to do. Uh, <laughs> but, like, we all had to do them. Had to do, yeah. <laughs> so, but like the thing is like I was able to, I had a lot more flexibility in my daily routine, in my schedule which allowed me to travel, mm-hmm. like, a lot. I've been traveling a lot. Um, also allowed me to, like, go in, like, into Norwich a lot and, like, experience Norwich as a city. Um, allowed me to, like, you know, sleep in when I wanted to, sleep in when I needed to. Like, mm. um, I had, a more like, a lot more free time to, like, actually go work out. And, like, I had time to actually, like read books and like you know like meditate and do all these things that i like to do but i literally have like not been able to do that much over the past couple years except during the summers and on breaks because like life in notre dame is so busy and so hectic um and i just i was able you know like i was like i was eating healthier i was working out i was like traveling a lot i was reading more you know like i was like just living a really balanced healthy lifestyle and Mm -hmm. i and like um it's going to be, like, I think, like, I kind of, like, 
kind of recentered myself a little bit That's good. while I've been over here, um, which has been really, really good for me. And I th- I'm hoping that I can kind of keep that, like, like self self-centered is not the right word but like like self-focused yes mentality when i um go back to the u.s uh and like go back to Notre Dame next year where i'm just gonna go back to like the busy lifestyle that mm-hmm. i was used to not that it, not that this place like you know i mean it's like not that it's like not busy or like not it has busy. we all have our stuff yeah, that we need to exactly, do exactly exactly and like just the way that like but like it allows you way more flexibility to yeah. like commit yourself to certain things to do things in more time explore like yourself really you know exactly yeah. exactly whereas like at Notre Dame like yeah you can do that you can do that with your extracurriculars you can do there's a lot of opportunities but like the way school is like it's a pretty in, like academically rigorous institution and mm-hmm. the way school is structured just like you have to do so much work every day and yeah. you have to do it you can't not do it or you're gonna get a bad grade and like see. you have to go to class you can't skip class like <laughs> uh, like there's just like a lot less flexibility to how the academic system is structured okay which kind of like you know you'll go and do classes all day or like classes and then homework and then you'll go and you'll have your extracurriculars that you're like in the evenings and then you'll go and do homework again and then you'll go to bed and do the whole thing again the next day i see and like Mm -hmm. you don't have any time to just like chill and like watch movies and like read books and like go into south bend and like go do like go places Mm -hmm. like that's just not like really easy to do i see whereas here it's so easy to do (laughs) which like (laughs) is so nice and i know like i mean even like at places like oxford like i was talking to my friend about her experience she has to do so much work there they have like literally like writing like six thousand words a week like you're absolutely insane but the thing is even she has like a ton of flexibility in terms of like okay, like, I can stop and go and, like, actually go do something else. Like, you know, like, I don't have, like, super, super, like, she doesn't have, like, super, super, super strict deadlines all the time like you do in the States, at least at Notre Dame. Like, she has deadlines, and she has a lot that she has to do to meet those deadlines. But, like, it's more flexible. So it's, like, it's kind of, like, even, like, that was something even there. Like, I was, like, this is so different. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's so great. I mean, well, I think... Some of my some of my American counterparts might disagree because I know some of them kind of like need the structure because it's what they're used to and mm-hmm. like they just like completely slacked off this entire semester like completely <laughs> slacked off like <laughs> like to like they like, completely slacked off never went to class at all um, which is like whatever it's your semester abroad you do you but like that's the thing is like you know like they didn't learn a lot they like I I went to most of my classes. <laughs> I'm not trying to like too much thing, <laughs> but I still went to most of my classes. Like I still feel like I learned a decent amount from each each of my modules that I took. Um, but like, and I know like some of the other Americans, like they just couldn't do that, and they were like, "Oh, I just can't. I like I don't can't do this. I can't do how I can't handle how school is structured here." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just because like it's what they're not what they're used to because like yeah. we are like so used to this radically different system yeah, when you expose something uh, completely different yeah. exactly it's exactly. it's it's difficult to yeah. adapt it's difficult yeah i don't know yeah so like i'd say like just the flexibility the flexibility the best part of uea um mm-hmm. obviously like i've made i've made really good friends i love norwich you know like i feel like i literally have to defend norwich to anyone like, when i tell people when i tell people i'm studying in norwich they're like why norwich like why would you study in norwich norwich is nice i That's like norwich it's, it's chill you know, it's cool you know like i've even had people who are like like i've met townies who are like from norwich but are studying other places like when i go out in town and they're like oh why norwich norwich is a shithole and i'm like 
It's not. It makes no you sense think to me. you've seen? You haven't been to these cities that I grew up in. in America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe like there's probably shitholes to the equivalent of that in the UK somewhere. Literally. But Norwich is no, not one of them. Way worse. Like, when I come from because most of my um, friends went to like you know Liverpool, your Manchester's, Oxford's, Cambridge. So when I went to Norwich, they were all confused. Like, why are you going to UA? That's such a weird place. Such a confusing area. It's, it's, it's nice. nice. It's, it's nice. fine. It's very nice actually. I think, yeah. and I like you know like I always I feel like. I have to be like, oh yeah, like Norwich, like you know, like I always have, to, I always, I feel like I have like a spiel that I like give to people, in like both like British people and non-British people, like where I'm like, oh yeah, like you know, it's like pretty quaint, comp- it's quaint compared to like some of your big cities, yeah. like, big city yeah. unis, but like you know, like UEA is pretty large, it's like reasonably large. Mm-hmm. There's a, a really campus. active social scene, like yeah. both on campus and like people going out into town and stuff, like. There's, like, a large enough student population in town that, like, there's, like, always stuff to do. Exactly. You know, like, the pub scene is great. Yeah. Um, there's, like, enough clubs, a lot, enough opportunities for nightlife that, like, you don't get bored. Yeah. Like, no. and, like, you know, like, you know, obviously, like, people, sometimes people, like, you know, they go six months and then they need, like, a change of scenery, like. So you kind of would get like bored of like wherever you are, and like that. But like that's not unique to Norwich. That's just no, that's like everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, and like so, I, I feel like I've, I have had to stick up for Norwich a little bit for some people because like a bunch of these. I mean, there's a bunch of people who are like British and have like traveled around Britain and like lived in Britain their whole lives who've never been to Norwich. Like it's yeah. not one of those places yeah. that everyone has been to. But like I, even recently, I was reading and there was uh, there was a newspaper article rating that uh, Norwich was one of the top five cities to live in the UK for the last five years running. That's really, really nice. nice. I would totally difference. come back and live here when I'm like forty. Yeah. I would. I mean, I think yeah. for me, like, I wouldn't want to live here in like my twenties. Just because I think that I I I like the bigger city vibe. Yeah. Um. I need. I kind of like. I'm ready. For, like. I, that's kind of like. What I need. What I see myself really flourishing in. Yeah. But like living here, like, I've been really enjoyed. I've like really enjoyed living here. Like, yeah. It's been great, and it's I, like, nice. I'm happy to call it home. I'm gonna miss calling it home. <laughs> um, and I think that you know I'm always gonna like. I have I have like friends who are coming back to Norwich actually like who are like uh. And a year younger than me, who are like coming from Notre Dame to in the Norwich program next year, like, and I've been talking it up, <laughs> and like, you know, and like they ask me all these questions, and I'm like, oh yeah, like, th- this yeah. that, like I have all these answers, mm-hmm. I have all these yeah. like, all this advice, but yeah, like I don't know, like it's one of those things where it's like, it is still like it's been a really good experience overall. That's um, great. Yeah. That's really good. I think we're over. We're running m- way over time, but yeah. I think I'll end on the last question. What is one piece of advice? This is just, I'm going to be, for every interview we do, I'll ask this question to mm. everybody. So we'll see how different each answer is. So what's one piece of advice based on your life experience uh, would you give to any, everybody listening or anyone listening? Ooh. Um, Put you on the spot here. Yeah, I would <laughs> say, like, I mean, I think just... Put yourself, I mean, like, put yourself out there, but when you do, when you go into new spaces, when you put yourself out there and go into new spaces, and you should put yourself out there and go into new spaces, even if it's hard for you, like, in whatever capacity is comfortable for you, mm-hmm. it's okay, it's, it's good to be a little uncomfortable. But, like, when you go out and put yourself into those spaces, make sure that you are not, like, you are being an active listener and you're listening to the, like the voices of the people already in those spaces, um, mm-hmm. because you can learn a lot from them. Um, can. and 
you can like that is how you create a developed like informed worldview. Um, that's how you learn about like the realities of the world is through actually talking to other people um, and just going out and like experiencing like being in community with them. Um, mm. wow. And I think that like active listening with and like just not dominating, like trying not to dominate like conversation when it's not the right time mm. for you to be the prominent voice yeah. is really, really, really important. Um, and I think, like, you know, like, every, and, like, that's the, pro the learning process. Like, that doesn't necessarily come easy easily to a lot of people. Like, I know, like, I have, like, I, that's something that I've really felt, felt, like, believed very firmly for a long time, but I still struggle with it sometimes. Because mm -hmm. um, I'm just like, I'm a very talkative person. <laughs> um, but it's, like, I think that it's really, really important. And I think that, like, a, like not enough people think like actively hold that as like a ideal a pillar to how they engage with the world around them. So wow. that. that's a very insightful piece of advice. A very good piece of advice. I hope anybody listening <laughs> yeah, take this on board because yeah, it's as it's yeah. a very good point. Spit some wisdom there. And it's it's very difficult to achieve, but everybody will get there eventually. Yep. If you keep working on it. Yep. yep. But I th I think we'll call it there, lads. That's it. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. Thank you, yes, this is so much fun. You are welcome back uh, anytime. Yeah, you know, I if I'm back within the next couple of years, and you guys are still doing the podcast, yeah, like we have to back, we'll we'll be a, back on. We'll do a sequel episode. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, and maybe Toby will be here this time, and yeah. and maybe Sandesh. Yeah, but a whole <laughs> like, stretch. Yeah, we'll TBD on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening and. Uh, Thank you for listening to the Hallway Discussions podcast. We'll see you next time. See you. See you see next you. time.